0: Hello, and welcome to Twilight Thoughts. My name is Bryce, and I'll be your host for today. We'll begin in a moment, but first I'd like to let you know that soon you will be entertained by news, reports, scandal, and of course, speculation. Bryce the Tower, we are ready for takeoff. Hello everyone, my name is Bryce and I am here with my good friend James. Say man. Good evening. And we are going to be talking about The Mandalorian. I am a big fan of Disney+. Plus. Let's just get our quick thoughts of Disney+, Plus out of the way real quick. So, I'm a, I'm a big fan. There is nothing that I don't like about it. At first, it didn't have the uh, the ability to, oh, resume here, already taken care of. Within the first month, it's already taken care of. It's solid. I
1: like it. What about you, James? What do you think of Disney Plus? I seriously have absolutely no complaints. I think the value is definitely there. We all know that going to Disney parks is not the cheapest thing in the world unless you're an actual pass holder. Um, You know, me being from Tennessee, it's, you you really take it for granted when you you normally would be in Florida and you could just, you know, hop in your car and go drive up there in three hours, you're there. But having the ability to watch all those movies and have all that content, especially all those old cartoons that we grew up on, you just can't beat that value. And everything's in either 1080p or 4K, it You, the picture quality is phenomenal. Oh, it really is.
0: It is really, really nice. Now, you're talking about the old cartoons.
1: Have you gone back and watched any of the old Mickey cartoons? I'm so glad you asked. Yes, I was watching the um, old uh, Mickey, Donald, and uh, Goofy cartoons. Uh, In particular, the Goofy ones, Um, (laughs) I forgot how hilarious they were. I was just busting out laughing the whole time. I, I, I thought it was gonna be like you know I might get a giggle out of me or something, but no, it was hysterical. Uh, especially when there's one and he's like working out or something, and he's just getting launched in and out of his his apartment. And he's just falling through and trashing other people's apartments. It's hysterical, but it just shows their <laughs> their humor is timeless and that's not the easiest thing to do but it all goes back to the talent that walt disney had found and he saw something different that people didn't see in themselves and that's that's a true gift it'll never be copied again
0: absolutely absolutely and the thing is that you know with humor especially like you're saying to find something that's timeless humor wise is extremely difficult so good on them, you know absolutely <laughs> i went back and i was watching uh steamboat willie i had seen it before but i haven't seen it in a long long time it is so mean-spirited it is hysterical <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh my god the abuse that minnie and mickey put on these poor other animals is hysterical I could not stop laughing. <laughs>
1: it's it's a darker humor that you probably couldn't get away with now, but that's what makes it right. unique. And in living in such a lame society where people get offended so fast, it's nice to watch something that was like, okay, this is real humor. This is what everybody should find funny. And if you get offended, that's on you. Who cares? Right, exactly.
0: Mickey was a scamp.
1: yeah the one the one where they uh they go to the the haunted house and there's a bunch of ghosts there i was cracking up um it's it's mickey donald and goofy and if you can find that one i forget what it's called but i was laughing the entire time It's, it's just hysterical but um, at the end, they they scare the ghosts away because they get covered in, like, pain or something. And the ghost, ghosts are like, <laughs> oh, my God, it's ghosts. And they all run out of the house. <laughs> it's pretty good stuff. That's
0: funny. <laughs> all right. Well, I mean, now that we've talked about Disney Plus a little bit, James, dude, this is the first time you've been on my show since I've rebooted.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, buddy? Yeah. Um, Well, um, I've known Bryce for a good long while now, probably like seven, eight years. Um, I used to live down in Naples, Florida, but um, me and my wife, Carissa, we moved up to Tennessee um, in 2017 and uh, been here ever since. We absolutely love it up here, and we got a little girl. She's uh, 15 months old. Her name is Vivian. She's uh, absolutely beautiful. So uh hopefully uh everybody gets to see what she looks like. She can go on, follow me on Instagram or Facebook, that kind of thing.
0: All right, dude. Well, you want to go ahead and get into it then?
1: Got my bathing suit on. Let's dive right in.
0: Nicely done, sir. <laughs> you really are a dad now, aren't you? You got those dad jokes going, right? Yeah.
1: Oh, <laughs> it's it's uh pretty terrible. <laughs>
0: All right, man, well, we are here to talk tonight about The Mandalorian, Episode 1, simply titled Chapter 1. It had a 39-minute runtime, and it was directed by Dave Filoni. So, real quick, The Mandalorian is played by Pedro Pascal, and you have a recurring character of Greef Karga, played by Carl Weathers, and for the first two episodes, you have a recurring character named Quill, played by Nick Nolte. I have spoken. (laughs) all right so I gotta tell you right off the bat I was sucked into this show I mean it opens with this little dude getting harassed and then a fantastic fight scene I mean you're less than two minutes into the show and you already have an action scene which is good because (laughs) you don't have a whole lot of time in these episodes to get anything on screen. Because they're short. They are
1: quick episodes, you know? Yeah. Yeah, there's not a lot uh, going on as far as building uh, much of a plot. It it just goes straight to the action, which I was fine with. Exactly. We already know these characters, essentially. You know
0: what I'm saying? We know the bounty hunter stereotype. We know the world of Star Wars. Because this is happening in between... Return of the Jedi, and The Force Awakens. So they're assuming that we have at least some knowledge of the Star Wars universe at large, right?
1: Absolutely. And I feel like this is one thing that Disney has done that not only are they taking a huge gamble, but they're also playing it safe in other things. With the plot, I think they're playing it really safe with what they're doing on the show it's pretty um pretty ballsy as far as like what they're showing I mean dude straight up gets cut in half by a door in the first episode I was not quite expecting that but I was like okay I guess we're going there so um well here's the thing we saw that in the trailer
0: we saw that in the trailer I was like that'll happen later first two minutes of the show I was like oh okay so we have a lot left to know about what's going on in this show Absolutely. it's terribly exciting
1: mm-hmm. yeah he's um, he's he's definitely a Lone Ranger it's uh, it's pretty awesome just to see a, a, just a side character like this and just show that they can expand that universe because it, it's a humongous universe. And they always just go with the Skywalker saga, and it sometimes right. it, it just, you know, we all love it. I'm a diehard Star Wars fan, but it's like, go somewhere else. I mean, there's like literally like a hundred Star Wars books. You can go anywhere you want, and I feel like this is Dave Filoni and and John Favreau at their finest. They know those stories, and they're they're delving into them and making it a story of their own. But I think it's a smash out the park. There was nothing I didn't like about that entire episode. Well, even once we do start getting plot, and we find
0: out, okay, this little blue guy is actually a bounty, and the Mandalorian's taking him in, well, then really quickly after that, we get another action scene of one of these giant monsters and beasts just coming up out of the ice and attacking his ship. Which, it doesn't last for too long. But dude, think about this. It was less than six minutes into the show and we already had two pretty good action sequences. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, for me, I'm saying this and I'm like, okay, I can have confidence going forward that this is going to not only be a story-driven show, but it's going to have good and... Well shot action, yeah, you know, because you know, sometimes you get into that whole bit of shaky cam and whatnot, and like the tight spaces, it can be
1: rough. But not here. They didn't do that in this show, and that makes me so happy. And I didn't feel like anything was cheap. Like so many times on on sh- uh, shows, like yeah, I look at the Sci-Fi Channel. A lot of those shows are very very cheesy. Um, now that channels come a long way but i always thought of <laughs> like cheesy cgi sci-fi or whatever this show is the same quality that you're going to get from ilm that you're going to get in force awakens or any of the other star wars movies it's movie quality television but just like you said the episodes are rather short but I mean, they are totally action-packed um did you by any chance know who that is Blue character is, I don't, and that was
0: actually one of my gripes of actually just the show in general. Because the Mandalorian knows who all these people are, mm-hmm. they never tell you, yeah, who these people are. Like kuil the Nick Nolte character, I had no idea what his name was until I looked it up on IMDb, because. As far as I know, they don't ever mention it in the show.
1: No, no, they don't. Um, w- what I do know about the blue guy from the bounty, I recognized his voice, and it was—I couldn't figure out who it was. It's Horatio Sands from Mad TV. Is it really? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> wow,
0: how did I miss that? I love Mad TV. Horatio Sands is awesome. Yeah.
1: So. Uh, um, but I, I love the way he, you know, threw threw him in the, the frozen carbonite, and you see that that's just kind of a way that they they transport. I mean, he asked them, "Hey, I can bring you in warm, or I can bring you in cold." I mean, it's, just, it's definitely <laughs> got that Western feel to it. It's it's unique. It's definitely well, unique.
0: What did you think of that scene? The, the Carbonite scene. I loved it. Because that, dude, me too. That whole shot played out to me like a horror movie. Absolutely. You know what I'm it was it was really tight on the bounty. And he's flipping through these different people in Carbonite. I'm assuming they're his family or at least people he knows. And he's like, I'm, I'm not making it there, am I? He's like, nah, nah, you're not. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm not going to see
0: my family again, are you? like talk about a talk about a hook for a show mm-hmm. you know you're like oh okay so the mandalorian is actually a very intimidating and an imposing presence not just because he has this reputation just but because he is you know what i'm saying like he yeah. is a monster
1: and you know you're not going to really find much out about who he is until like later on in the show which I'm fine I, I don't like it when they just you know dump the entire story on the first episode it's like I do want to be strung along a little bit so there's there's some sort of curiosity and I think they're doing that very well um with this season so far I mean, it's I, I love it I love it I mean the, the way they do the cinematics and the score there's such an awesome balance and it just it kind of pieces you together where you know where they're gonna be at with the score um especially when he's talk to me about that score it is so good i didn't know that the the guy that did the score for rocky came back to do this score so that's where it's kind of cool that they had um you know weathers in this movie because obviously he was apollo creed and it's just like I, i thought that was just so Cool that they had that, but you'll start when you listen to it. You you can hear and pick up those those kind of rocky um, tones to it. It's it's interesting, but they also put like kind of a synthesizer when they get out of out of planet and into space, and it was just it was cool.
0: What did you think of Carl Weathers as the as the bounty broker? Because he was very believable to me. You know what I'm saying? Like he came across as like I have been doing this for a decade now i know all of these other bounty hunters and this is my job is to provide them
1: bounties like it just it felt very good you know i what i liked is the whole idea of this show is it's like you know we always think when we're kids we're gonna watch like return of the jedi and we're gonna like oh yeah you know the rebellion saved the world or the universe and stuff and and everything's all great this is an awesome show because it shows that, yeah, no, not really. Like, you know, there's still some problems, and things weren't left perfectly, and this new Republic right. is not perfect. Um, so, you know, maybe finding work as a bounty hunter is the only way to get paid, and because there's Imperial credits, that's not the greatest pay. Imperial Army obviously collapsed. So the, the, those credits are worth, like, next to nothing. So it's like you see right. Carl Weathers throwing them over some uh, Mon Calamari, <laughs> <laughs> you know, currency. And it looks like, you know, sushi or something. But right. I was like, what the heck is that? But um, it's, uh, it's very interesting. I, I I just like how they're delving into, like, smaller things that we've just never seen in this universe and it's not um it's not like boring nostalgia it's like an interesting nostalgia that we've always maybe wondered about or they're just diving into different areas that we've never really explored in that universe and i I like that a lot it's like i want to see new things exactly dude that's the thing you know nostalgia people
0: view it sometimes as like a dirty word but it doesn't have to be And this, I feel, is the right use of nostalgia. Yes, it is the Star Wars name. So you have nostalgia there. And you also have an expectation of what you're going to want from it. Mm -hmm. But then you have to rely on the showrunners and the writers and all of them to come up with something completely different. And they have. It's an entirely fresh story in a package that feels familiar.
1: Yeah. And
0: that's what you need to use nostalgia for. That is perfect. It is the perfect use of nostalgia, in my opinion. Just,
1: and I couldn't agree with you more because, like, with nostalgia, it's obviously going to release endorphins, and you don't want to just, like, unload in small doses. <laughs> exactly. You know, placed here and there. It's, it's like a perfect recipe for an excellent show. And I just, I, I think there's so many little things they threw in there, um, like the uh, the little um, salacious crumb getting, like, roasted in the <laughs> the spit. I mean, I, I was, was so dying laughing. And I'm like, this is hysterical. And he's just looking at his buddy in the cage, and he's like, oh, crap, I'm next. So it's just <laughs> about to become a Ronto roaster. Um, it was... Uh, it was unique, I mean, and then, you know, once once the Mandalorian gets his mission, you know, it's kind of like an under-the-table mission, no puck, nothing, it's just Tracer. It was cool to see that, like, kind of door knocker thing from yes. Jabba's the Pal- I I just, I love that, and it's like, okay, well, I guess we realize that that's a normal kind of doorbell thing, <laughs> I do. I really like
0: that little door knocker thing, too. I think it's really, really funny. Just something happens in a, in a later episode where I was like, you're going to give that to that? All right, then. Very well. I like it. I'm for it. Like, But going back to his bounty, I am so surprised almost that he took it because you got to think something is off. There's no puck. There's no numbers. All I got was an age and a tracker. Mm-hmm something is wrong. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah, there were no information and it, you know, when he goes and talks to the client, which is uh, Werner Herzog and um oh my, the he
0: is immediately evil.
1: It, <laughs> yeah yeah, he has empire written all over him. Um Oh yes. But what was a very interesting fact that was pointed out, not by me but obviously the Internet of all things, um his doctor that was in there or it was a scientist He had the same markings on his shoulder as the um, as the clones from Kamino, so the speculation is that he is from Kamino and he's learned how to clone. And they're probably trying to clone, you know, which you'll find out. I'll probably have to cut that out, but (laughs) you know, baby Yoda.
0: (laughs) Right, that's that's very interesting. Because see, watching this episode, it was a great episode and I, I really enjoyed it, but they're going about it the same way as like Game of Thrones did. They're not saying, oh, hey, here's an hour episode. They're saying, hey, here is one tenth of a ten hour movie. Yes. So there's going to be a lot of questions that come up as you're watching the show that don't get resolved right away. And that doesn't feel the best for a viewer especially when you can't binge something if it was a bingeable show and you sat down and watched you know 10 episodes of the mandalorian back to back to back to back to back you're like oh, okay i just watched a four hour movie and i say four hours because these episodes oh my god I love them they are short they are short
1: yeah watching this entire season would be like the equivalency of watching uh, the irishman <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly. like twelve hours or two long. Or normal something. movies. Oh goodness! <laughs> um, no, but uh, you know, I I like the idea of like the stormtroopers were just like you know they, I I thought there was like you know maybe dudes got four stormtroopers up in there, and their armor isn't clean like it would be in the empire regime, they were dirty, and oh yeah, so you question are they actual stormtroopers? They just Thugs in stormtrooper um, armor. It was it was interesting. Um, See,
0: to me, I took that as yes, they're stormtroopers, but they're also on a desert planet, so they're going to get dirty, and they're just kind of stuck here. Yeah, that's what I took out of it. But I, you know, what do I know?
1: <laughs> when when he actually leaves and he gets to that planet this is like probably gonna be the first time that I've ever seen Star Wars not really show you which planets are which like that's kind of at all you mean yeah they don't they don't tell you what planets they're on or anything so and I don't mind it it's like it's good to know that hey guess what we're in the outer rim we can go anywhere the heck we want um and which is fine but let me
0: know where we are because I gotta tell you man starting this show and then even once he goes to the second planet to start his hunt for, you know, for his mark, I'm like, come on, another desert planet? Like, there has to be other planets in the realm of Star Wars than just desert planets. No,
1: I'm afraid there's only 32 Tatooines. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, and that, dude, that's exactly what this planet felt like. It felt like a Tatooine. It felt like just an extension of Moss Isley. <laughs> yeah.
1: Moss Eisley 36A. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. So, like, that was pretty frustrating. And I wished they hadn't done that. You know what I'm saying? Because even at the start of the show, when it opened on the ice planet, I was like, awesome. That looks really cool. Like, you have some great imagery options here. Mm -hmm. You have a lot of stuff that you can do. And you have a lot of great imagery that you can do on a desert planet as well. But we've seen it. And so many times. Oh, come on. There has to be something else we can look at.
1: Yeah, I just wonder sometimes if they're only picking, like, desert planets. So, like, people with drones and crap can't come and, like, record them. Because I have no idea where they're filming at. Cause it's like, you, it's like, it's not like you can go start recording in downtown Chicago. It's like, you'll have a billion pictures <laughs> of it online. So yeah, let's go into the salt flats of, uh, you know, Utah and record a couple shots or something. I, I I don't know where the heck they, they film at. I know, you know, when they did Tatooine and stuff that was in Tunisia, I think. So <laughs> they're always like extremely remote areas and stuff, but, um, when they, when they actually get... To the uh, planet where he's picking up his bounty, uh, that looked exactly like Tatooine. <laughs>
0: yes, it did. Like, the same building structures, the same architecture, yeah. it was as aggravating. However, I will say this planet, whatever it was, had something that Tatooine never had, and that was Quill. Yes. Dude, that guy is awesome. I love that guy. <laughs> <laughs> he's so funny. Just, I have spoken. And that's it. Well, okay. Uh, if he's spoken it, that's what it's going to be. You I are have a meadow. Mandalorian.
1: You should be able to mount that. Your ancestors did it too. And then he just hippity hops <laughs> up on there and starts riding this giant tick looking thing. I don't know what the heck that was. <laughs> it's,
0: it was a blurred. A blurred. Is what it was But called. see, was like, a blurred.
1: In in like when you're playing Star Wars Battlefront, a blurg is a gun. So I'm gonna tag that. Thing. Oh really? Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> did they name it after this thing? they are goofy looking. I gotta tell you,
0: there was something that happened in that scene that you were quoting that ripped me right out of the show, and it ranks up there with with bad sci-fi, almost at the top, dude. Why is there a creature called a mythosaur? It like yeah. a mythosaur is such lazy naming. It's it's right there with unobtainium from Avatar.
1: Yeah.
0: UNobtainium and Mythosaur upset me so much because both of these worlds, Star Wars and Avatar, as much as I didn't like Avatar, I gotta give it to it. It's very creative. Yeah. And so, when you have something like Unobtainium or Mythosaur, it's so lazy. It's just like, ah, whatever. This doesn't matter. Come on. Come on. Like, now, I'm somebody who's never read, like, the Extended Universe or anything like that. So, imagine my sadness (laughs) when I find out that this awesome skull that's been on Boba Fett's armor. That's hanging above the door over to the Smith area in their little coven area. You know what I'm saying? It looks so awesome. And it comes from a mythosaur. Oh, dude, it was. It actually upset me. Like, (laughs) like, just to give you guys a little bit of, uh, you know, breaking the magic. This, we are recording this on December 3rd. Which is literally almost a month after this episode came out. And this is and this anger is genuine. Like it's <laughs> not put on. I'm very upset about it.
1: <laughs> Did you know, I know there's a little bit of backtracking, but when when he goes to meet the client and he gives them like that Beskar, I I have to be honest, I'd never heard of Beskar before. Had you? Me neither. Okay, so uh, all right, so I just wanted to make sure I wasn't... Uh, apparently, it was an extremely precious metal for the the Mandalorians, but um, that whole... Well, apparently, is what their armor's made out of. Yeah, yeah, which was really interesting. Um, I loved watching him go down to the coven where um, the the armor was at. It kind of reminded me of Destiny, if you've ever played Destiny. Um, right. Like, you can go get your armor upgraded or your guns and that kind of thing. And um, it was just... I thought that it was going to be somewhat like a, an RPG where each episode he'd get a piece of armor and... Dude, that's exactly <laughs> what I thought. I, I was like... That's exactly what I, I thought. I was like, oh, sweet. And then it's like, you know, maybe after like a big boss or something, he'll get like a chess piece or something like that. And, and each piece will have like some sort of ability. But um, it, it was very interesting when they you know, smelted it and all that stuff. Um, It's just very, very unique. And I can't say I've ever seen
0: that on a show. Well, it was a great way to show backstory. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Is him almost going into a trance and just thinking about all of this stuff that has happened to him while he's watching his armor piece be made. I thought that was really cool. Oh, it was amazing. I thought it was a jumbled mess, you know what I'm saying? Like you can't really follow it. And I think that it will become clear as the shows come out.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: You know, but is what it is. Like for what they have right now, I thought it was great. I was like, "All right, cool. That was that was a lot of fun. I liked watching that, you know?"
1: And it, what's cool is like, you know, once once he actually gets onto this planet you see that you know in the opening scene dude just cleans house i mean he just goes into a bar and just wipes everybody out when he gets to this off planet you realize eh, he's kind of imperfect and he can kind of get his butt kicked every once in a while and i'm i mean i i don't i don't want to it's like i always knew the bounty hunters were were pretty uh pretty hardcore but it's like you know I don't want to see someone that's like it's like Neo walking up there. it's like yeah I like to exactly. see some imperfection and be you know a little bit human so well that's what every that's what endeared everybody
0: to Daredevil you know yeah. the show Daredevil was that he would go out he would fight and he would win but by the He'd end of the fight <laughs> he was winded he was bloody he was battered he was bruised and that's what the Mandalorian is doing and I
1: love it yeah Love it, I freaking love IG88. Um, you can't go wrong with IG11. 11. IG11, 11, sorry, um, you cannot go wrong with uh, Taika Waititi. I mean, <laughs> the guy is just—he's so freaking <laughs> hilarious. Um Dude, and that scene was Taika just Waititi ridiculous. Is great. Yeah, that that scene where they were fighting uh, that that band of raiders is just was. It was incredible. It was probably one of the best Star Wars scenes we've ever seen. Um, but it it just... Oh, it ranks up there. It kind of reminded me like, of the of game Fallout. when He's like, I need you to go take out a band of raiders. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> okay. The settlement still needs our help. All right, Preston. Yeah, thanks, Preston Garvey. <laughs> Another band of raiders. Okay. I, I
0: thought it was funny because IG-11, like... Taika Waititi is really funny mm-hmm. as IG-11. But IG-11, the actual character, is a freaking
1: monster. Yeah, he's a beast. He is just destroying people. I've never seen those things fight before. I don't think it's ever been shown. Me Those type of droids fight. and The closest thing we got was an, I believe,
0: episode 2 when he tried to poison... Somebody, I yeah. forget.
1: But it, it's it's so freaking cool because to watch it's I didn't know that all those little like red eyes and stuff were so it can see in every direction. And then he's just spinning around and shooting in every direction. I mean, that was freaking crazy looking. So, dude, there was one scene where he was walking underneath
0: the uh, the arch and he shoots his gun in the air. I was like, all right, cool, little victory shot. No. Because there was a man above him, and then he died. <laughs> yeah. It was great.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was uh, no uh, no taking prisoners. It was just uh, he was bringing everybody in cold. So,
0: and for as much of a monster as IG Eleven was, he was a suicidal little droid.
1: Yeah, he just he's he like, wanted
0: to explode himself so badly. He's like, yeah, let's not
1: do that. He's like, it's time to self destruct.
0: Stop it! <laughs> We're getting out of here. And we've seen it a few times now in the show, and we'll talk about it in you know a couple other episodes, but I am loving what they're doing with the grappling hook.
1: Yes, thank you for using it, like the greatest tool that we all love Batman for.
0: <laughs> exactly. It is so versatile. Yeah. Like, it's not just, hey, I'm going to move from point A to point B. What he does when that minigun comes out and he spins it around, throws him off, and then just knocks the yeah. <laughs> knocks the guy out, and then shoots him in the head. It was wonderful. Yeah.
1: You oh, you can man. tell that the directors are gamers. <laughs> that's right. that, that's for sure. It
0: it does feel like it does feel like video game at some points. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and I mean, leading up to this final scene nobody saw what was gonna happen when oh absolutely when they find what what they've been tracking I I mean I thought they were gonna have like like some trophy or something and then they open up this crib and it's a friggin baby Yoda (laughs) I was like wait what (laughs) I literally it was like five o'clock in the morning and I'm just like, what the? I was like, holy crap. I'm like, I, I didn't know there was more than one. I'm like, this is crazy. I, I Oh, yeah. I was like, uh, I've got a billion <laughs> questions and my mind just melted. So, <laughs> <laughs> And I, it's, you know, 5 a.m. It's not like I can go, you know, smash someone's phone number. And it's like, who's going to be up right now? <laughs> but uh, <laughs> apparently the internet was. And we were all asking the same questions. So, Oh, man. And not only is it super interesting
0: because it's a baby Yoda, but it's also freaking adorable. And it's it's a puppet.
1: And I'm totally cool with that. And I I love Werner Herzog for saying, you guys are a bunch of cowards if you make that thing CGI. It it needs to be a puppet. And it's like, thank you. Because if it was CGI, it wouldn't have the same weight of a character whatsoever.
0: Exactly. It it wouldn't have the same level of cuteness. Like everybody loved Yoda in The Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. But then there were some people who were complaining about Yoda in the prequels. Well, what's the difference here? Yoda was actually there in Empire and then he wasn't because he was a CGI character in the prequels. Yeah, it was pretty dumb. So I mean if you had the option, you go with you know the non CGI route. So, even before that happened, I got to see something that I love seeing whenever it happens in Star Wars, is when they cut down a blast door. It makes me so happy. It's a, it's a very gimmicky thing, I know, but I love it. And I was like, oh man, there's not going to be any of that in this show because there's no lightsabers. Yeah. Don't worry, we have a minigun, we're going to take care of that. I was like, yes!
1: <laughs> this door needs to go
0: now let me ask you a question they show you baby yoda Mm -hmm. and then they show you ig11 and he goes the client said the asset must be eliminated and then there's a gunshot did you think for a second that he shot baby yoda
1: i did well because i didn't see the mandalorian's hand i was like uh Okay, I guess they're really going dark on this one. This is like straight yes. last scene of Rogue One, but Same for me. Um I thought they shot him too. I was like, dang man, he's a baby, what the heck? <laughs> and then
0: I mean he's fifty years old, but yeah, he's still a
1: baby. Um I mean you just shot Benjamin Button, dude. Uh and then <laughs> and then you just see IG-11 like clank on the floor and you're like oh alright well it looks like Mandalorian's got a bit of a moral compass here
0: and that's what I like I like that even though he is a bounty hunter he's not just all for the contract kill for the contract contracts my life he has his own compass he has his own thoughts on things and when he's presented with something that he feels is morally wrong he doesn't you know he doesn't complete the task. I think that's great. Even when he was trying to, you know, pay Kuiil to you know, hey, you help me, take some of the money. Yeah. He wouldn't. That just shows that he's. I don't know. He's not as cutthroat of a bounty hunter as you might expect he, he would be, he's... especially coming from the Mandalorians, who are renowned for their viciousness. You know. Yeah.
1: Stone cold killer.
0: Exactly, exactly, and I I like that, I like that in the character, I think it makes him more, I think it obviously makes him more approachable, and makes him more human, and I'm good with it.
1: I, um, I did not want that episode to end, and when it ended at, like, 32 minutes, I was slightly disappointed, (laughs) because I'm used to the, you know, the length of, like, maybe a Game of Thrones, or... You know, Stranger Things is going to be about 50 minutes or something like that. It was like right. 32 minutes. And I'm like, Excuse me, what? <laughs> <laughs> There's no way that this is over. And I'm like, I've got so many questions and I need to see some answers. And they're like, Well, the next episode will release on Friday. And I was like, Well, I guess that's not so bad.
0: Not only are the episodes super short, you know, 30 minutes, whatever. then they're releasing weekly which is even more frustrating see
1: (laughs) now just to just to add on to that where netflix really ruined movies and television for everyone i like that disney's kind of taking a bold stance and saying yeah we'll screw netflix so you know we're gonna we're gonna go back to basics and we're gonna do it released weekly i like that because it gives people that have not seen it a chance to catch up it gets you a chance to talk about it like i talk about it with some of my coworkers and that kind of thing and it it gives you something to talk about for a while there's nothing more annoying than hey guess what stranger things came out and someone just literally binge watched the whole thing drops every single spoiler known to mankind on the internets and you're just like dude seriously like you can just like wait a week or wait a couple weeks it's just really really annoying so um not to say that this show isn't like spoiled like no one's business on the internet but it's like i, I watch it as soon as it comes out because it's like this crap's not gonna get spoiled for me and it's, it's the same thing yeah. with rise of skywalker i'm gonna make sure i see it as quick as possible because i know how stupid people are and they think it's funny to spoil movies for someone it's like you're a terrible human being, and you deserve to be thrown into a Sarlacc pit. <laughs> I
0: I don't disagree with you. Like, it's, it's really frustrating. I have uh, tickets for the first showing that I could get for Rise of Skywalker, so... Excellent. I don't have to worry about that, thank God. Good man, smart man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, now, we're not going to go into this every episode, but seeing as it was the first episode, mm-hmm. and... I did not expect them to do this. The credits are long. They're like five minutes in every episode. So to entertain us, they have added
1: concept art which I to the love credits. I love it. I think it's a brilliant it idea. So much. Oh my goodness. And the concept art is exceptional. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's something that I would put on my wall. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: Honestly, I
1: love it. and and plus, right. plus they they play back the score again it's like the score for this show rivals like westworld game of thrones stranger things um you know the crown i, I mean oh, yeah. it's just it's so good that that score is so good i i, I never get sick of hearing it and it's it's definitely set its place in the star wars universe without a doubt because like when um when rogue one came out it kind of had a i I don't know the the soundtrack was a little bit off i didn't dislike it or anything like that it just it kind of grew on me over time but this show has got such an awesome soundtrack i i love it i mean as soon as i hear each song i get like chills just
0: well, I'm also happy that they didn't feel the need to go in there and go, all right, we're making a Star Wars show. We have to have all of these callbacks to Star Wars in the score. There's nothing there. Like, if I just played this and was like, oh, hey, that's from Star Wars, you'd be like, get out of here. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, it's from Star Wars. Oh, okay, cool. I got to go check that out then. But I don't know. I I love the score. I think it's one of, one of the better ones to come out of star wars really ever all right dude if we're gonna go ahead and do a review show about this gotta do it proper you have to give me a star rating one to five what do you got
1: um first episode Um, just because i didn't know how this show was gonna be but i knew that this was disney plus's flagship show I am going to give it a 5 out of 5 and my reason for that is because I grew up with Star Wars. I've known it my whole life and me actually doing my due diligence and reading all the extended universe and whatnot. I feel like this was risky, balanced, safe for any fan base. Um, if someone's never watched Star Wars and they're just watching the show for the first time, I will guarantee that this made them a Star Wars fan. It had every element to a good show. It kept you involved. It kept you interested. It left on a cliffhanger. And if even if you don't know who Yoda is, you're like, I want to know what happens to that baby. <laughs> so
0: that baby is adorable, yeah. and I love him.
1: And um, I was just blown away I, I mean i that's all I think about as far as TV's concerned is The Mandalorian when's the next episode obviously it's on Friday so
0: <laughs> how about you? very good man for me I don't know I'm coming at it from not so much of like oh my god I love Star Wars I've never been that guy yeah there are problems with it like I said they don't introduce the characters at all and unfortunately knowing that we're four episodes in it doesn't get better you know what I'm saying they don't even introduce the Carl Weathers character they just introduce you like hey this is who the Mandalorian talks to to get his bounties and that's all you really need to know but
1: we don't get a name or anything like that his name's Grief Karga which is kind of a stupid name I, I, I wasn't like I wasn't like, oh, that's a cool name. (laughs) It's just like...
0: Yeah, I didn't love the name, but we don't even know that until I think it is episode two or three, and it's said in passing by somebody else. And you're like, "Uh, is that Carl Weathers' character? Maybe, maybe not. So it's frustrating to me.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's like you got to do your research outside of the show to get the answers that are in the show
0: exactly so i don't love that but that being said you know what i did really really like this episode i was so happy that i pushed off watching it until the friday that way i could watch episodes one and two back to back yeah i'm gonna go ahead and say that i give this episode a four hey fair
1: enough yeah
0: All right, and that's going to do it for tonight, guys. We appreciate you listening. My name is Bryce. This is James.
1: Adios, amigos.
0: You can find me on iTunes, YouTube, Twitter, Tumblr, SoundCloud. At Twitter, you can find me at Disney Nocturnal. On Instagram, you can find me at The Nocturnal Disney Podcast, all separated by underscores. I'm also on Facebook, like I said. Just search The Nocturnal Disney Podcast, and you can join our little group. You can find this show on itunes youtube you can find us on spotify which i say this all the time but it makes me very happy to say i'm on spotify i just think that's really cool you can find us on all kinds of different podcast apps where can people find you james
1: um well i'm on facebook instagram you can just look up james Schumann. um if if you like memes i have uh the walt disney i funny account um just anything you can think of Disney, Star Wars, Marvel, Pixar, it's all on there. Um, so, yeah, that's. And then I, I'm on Twitter also. It's uh, Walt Disney-IF. So, and I, you know, I just post memes and stuff. That's about all I do. So, make myself useless. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I highly recommend you guys go subscribe to his, his feeds and whatnot, because they they're really good. The memes that he makes, I'm like, oh, very well done, James. <laughs> Some of the things you think of, I'm like, man, I I wouldn't have come up with that in a thousand years. Like, for this episode, when you put all the minions jumping around, you're like, the egg, the egg. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny to me. Yeah, it's,
1: you know, I, I just think about that stuff all the time, so... I'll write little notes down and then I'll, if I get the time, I'll make the stuff. But it's, it's so time consuming. I just don't always have the time to do it.
0: Guys, thank you so much for listening. We really do appreciate it. And
1: thank you for listening to Nocturnal Disney Podcast. Bye bye.